are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday. Going to talk some free agency for the Pelicans. It's still a little bit confusing what's going on. I did my best to kind of describe a little bit about what I think is happening and what this team is planning to do with the end of yesterday's show. But it was late at night after a crazy day of free agency. I was tired. I didn't do the probably the best job that I could have. So I'm going to spend the first segment of today's show really kind of breaking it down kind of step by step because on the surface, it looks bad. Looks pretty bad. Doesn't look good whatsoever for what the Pelicans are doing. And if you're a Pelicans fan and you're frustrating, I completely understand it. But I do think there's more of a plan here. And I'm going to try and kind of lay that out for you. Whether they accomplish that plan, I don't know. But it seems to me there's a mystery player. Whether they have someone in mind for that already or they're kind of scouring the league trying to fill that slot, there's a mystery player there. And then we're going to spend the second segment looking at some of those mystery players who might kind of fit the bill, who's a reasonable get for New Orleans. And then in the third segment, maybe the Pelicans are going a different direction. Or maybe they're failing to get this guy. And then what is it? Where does it leave them? Or what are they planning to do, not for this offseason, but next offseason? And that's what we'll talk about in the third segment of today's show. And why it's actually a bad idea. Why they kind of needed to go all in right now. So we'll get into all of that, maybe a little bit more, in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to all of that, um, don't forget, check out rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Okay, so what are the Pelicans doing? The start to free agency hasn't looked good. And in fact, they've been kind of killed by the media. I've read a couple of different articles of like, we don't understand what the Pelicans are doing. Giving up a pick for Devontae Graham looks really bad, even if he's a decent enough player. I think you might agree with them. I agree with them on that, that on the surface, this looks just very confusing in the process. Even if the Pelicans are an improved team, hasn't been ideal. They certainly haven't kind of succeeded in the ways that you would have wanted them to do. And the asset management hasn't been great. But I think there's more to what's going on. So let's take a look at where things stand and try and kind of explain it. Um, And so we've talked about it, been watching the show recently, over the cap team versus being an under the cap team. The Pelicans, I believe, are desperately trying to be an over the cap team. So they cleared some cap space by that trade with the Memphis Grizzlies, sending out Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe, basically in exchange for Valanciunas. Those are the salaries going both ways. Because the Pelicans are sending out so much more salary than they are receiving, this goes one of two ways, and this is kind of the key to New Orleans staying an over-the-cap team. If they just do that deal, they're kind of an under-the-cap team, or at least they could be. They haven't stayed over the salary cap because they're sending out more money. It was how they were clearing the salary cap room to go after a guy like Kyle Lowry. That failed. So two things kind of arise from this. Now, if the trade goes through as is, the trade with Memphis, which won't go through until the 6th, the earliest, if it's as reported right now, they would get a massive trade exception. Trade exceptions are just things you have where you absorb a salary into it. Basically, you can go, hey, I've got a 
$20 million trade exception or a $24 million trade exception, you have a player that's making $17 million that you don't want on your team. I'm just going to absorb him into my, my trade exception, maybe give you a pick or just take the player. And that's that. You don't need to send outgoing salary because the trade exception kind of is that counterweight and then it just kind of goes away from your team. It's really that simple. So if the Pelicans ha- create a big trade exception, they can use that trade exception on someone else. They could also basically do the same thing by expanding this trade. They can include another player in the trade and they could potentially get a guy for like $25 million if that was the case. But let's just call these two the same thing and we'll ballpark it around $20 million. Because of the way this trade is and the Pelicans sending out more salary than they're taking back in that Memphis deal, at least right now, they could add a guy between up to $25 million, $24 million, potentially, somewhere in that range. So that's what I think this team is trying to do. And then by staying an over-the-cap team, the only way you can go and get Devontae Graham is through a sign-in trade. You got to give something back, particularly because at that point, you're kind of in these deals and it's too hard to untangle things. So you've got to give a first-round pick to the Charlotte Hornets to let you stay an over-the-cap team. And the Pelicans, I think, want to be an over-the-cap team. They want to be an over-the-cap team so that they have the most exceptions that they can use to sign players. That, if they stay an over-the-cap team, they have the non-taxpayer mid-level exception, which is four years up to $41 million. They can sign someone for four years up to $41 million. They also have the biannual exception, which is two years and $7.65 million. So almost $8 million there over a two-year contract, basically three, you know, three and a half, three and a quarter. Plus, they also have the bird rights to Josh Hart. They could potentially re-sign him as well. So by staying an over-the-cap team, the Pelicans, if everything goes right, let's say, bring, you know, gets in Vounce Junis, sends out a guy like uh, guys like Steven Adams, Lon- uh, Lonzo Ball, and Eric Bledsoe, but brings in Vounce Junis. Brings in Devontae Graham, player, mystery player, whatever, right, for that $20 million plus deal. Brings him in. Let's use Brogdon as just kind of a placeholder with that. It's not going to be Brogdon. Valanciunas, Devontae Graham, Brogdon, someone for the mid-level exception. Maybe Lowry Markinen for $10 million a year. Maybe not, but someone in that range. Josh Hart and then someone at, say, like $4 million. That's not a bad offseason, and that's how you remake your roster. And I think that's what the Pelicans are trying to do right now. We look at this because it's incomplete, because there's still a big mystery player X that they're trying to bring in. We don't know who that is. Maybe they have someone lined up. Maybe they don't. And they're desperately, you know, kind of going through the league trying to fill that. That's kind of the key to us understanding what they're doing in free agency. The key for everyone understanding what they're doing in free agency. If they fill that mystery player with someone All of this goes, okay, it makes sense now. You were an over-the-cap team. You had to do a signing trade for Devontae Graham. You had to pay the Charlotte Hornets to let you be an over-the-cap team. So that first-round pick you send out for Devontae Graham, it's really for Devontae Graham, and it's for the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. So it's for two guys versus just one. I feel better about that deal then and what that first-round pick is really allowing the Pelicans to do in that case. That, I think, I think, kind of working backwards, right, is what the Pelicans are looking to accomplish right now. But it all hinges on that mystery player. 
So who could that be? Who are some guys that fit the bill? We'll look at that coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And then in the third segment, what if this all goes wrong? What if this actually isn't what they're doing, let's say, too? We'll take a look at kind of what that means. There's a lot of implications for the Pelicans here as we try and piece together and figure out what exactly the Pelicans and David Griffin are trying to do to put a winner around Zion Williamson. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. They're essentially candy bars that are healthy for you. Protein bars that taste like candy bars. They have unbelievable, uh, unbelievably delicious flavors, and there's something for everyone. I love the mint brownie, the salted caramel, the double chocolate. I talked to John Krause, my co-host, on the Wednesday episode of Locked on Pelicans. He loves the strawberry right now, kind of digs it. There's raspberry, there's coconut, there's cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and if you want to give them all a try, you can just get a mixed box where you're going to get two of each of the nine different flavors. Plus, they also have limited edition flavors, limited time flavors, other bonuses you can get too. And so not only are these things delicious tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, 4 to 5 grams sugar, 4 to 5 grams net carbs. They're good for you. It's really as simple as that, and they're the best tasting one out there. Protein bar doesn't need to be a gourmet meal, but you may as well eat the best tasting one and not be miserable while you have these things. So they're all amazing, all tasty, all healthy, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. All right, we are talking about the Pelicans what they're doing in free agency, because on the surface right now, it doesn't really seem to make a lot of sense and doesn't look particularly good. But there is, we're looking at an incomplete picture as I just explained. There's one player somewhere out there, right? Who knows who it might be, whether the Pelicans have this person in mind already or already a deal kind of in place and we just haven't heard things yet. Or they're trying to get that person to kind of fill this hole that they know they have. That's where things start to kind of get interesting. And once we see who that player hopefully is, that's when this all starts to make sense and we can really start to evaluate this offseason for New Orleans and whether it was a success or whether, as it looks right now, is kind of a failure. So who is that mystery player? And what are some of the criteria that the Pelicans are probably looking for? You're not going to go and get Bradley Beal just kind of thrown into this, right? You're looking for a team that probably is looking to dump this guy and dump some salary. So it's not necessarily going to be an all-star level player. It's probably someone kind of on a bad team that just doesn't really fit. And it's someone that's going to have be owed big money, whether that's, and probably for multiple years is kind of what I'm thinking. Or you can maybe sweeten the deal to get someone better. And I'm going to give you some kind of like, you know how you have like work stretch goals? We've got some stretch goals here for the Pelicans, where if you were to include Josh Hart in a sign and trade for that player, along with maybe a pick, that could potentially get a deal done. But guys that are maybe looking to be dumped, um, obviously we've heard about uh, the Kings and what they're looking for. The name of Buddy Heald jumps to mind. I don't love Buddy Heald coming back to New Orleans now after adding a guy like Graham and then in the draft, Trey Murphy the third. I think you've added enough shooting. His contract's long. He doesn't play defense. I'm not thrilled about it. But what if it was Buddy Heald and a first-round pick coming to New Orleans, basically for New Orleans taking on that contract. You essentially add more shooting, and you make up for the pick you lost in the Devontae Graham trade. 
that makes me feel a little bit better about this overall deal. So maybe you see the Sacramento Kings needing to compensate the New Orleans Pelicans for taking on Buddy Heald, who fits into that trade exception, and then the Kings don't have to take any money back. It's not the worst thing for New Orleans. What about a guy like Harrison Barnes? Can play on the wing, can give you scoring. He fits nicely into that trade exception or the Memphis trade should they choose to expand it. That isn't the worst thing, I think. You know, he's not the player he was with Golden State, but he shot, Harrison Barnes shot 39% from three last year. He averaged 16 points per game, three and a half assists, six rebounds. It's a useful player. He's owed a good bit of money. He's on the older side, but he's at 28. That's not as old as some of the other players I'm about to mention here. I could live with paying him $20 million next season and then $18 million, $18.3 million the season after that. Wouldn't hate that at all. I don't know if they really want to part with him. You might need to include some sort of sweetener to the Kings to get him, but it seems to make sense. And if you came away from this free agency period with Devontae Graham, uh, Harrison Barnes, someone else, those three, I'd feel pretty good about that. Then there's the Utah Jazz and the names that we've mentioned a couple of times. They've added Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside this offseason. Yes, they dumped a guy like Derek Favors to kind of reduce their tax bill, but essentially they made up that money by adding those other guys in there. So if they're, they're kind of still where they were when they started. So are they looking to try and reduce that tax bill and really reshape the team? Joe Ingles makes $14 million. He fits perfectly in there. He gives you passing. He gives you rebounding. He gives you three-point shooting. Dude shot 45.1% from three last year. Not the most elite score, but kind of does all of that stuff, right? Like he can give you five in almost every single category out there. Rebounds, assists, all of that. He's a very, very useful player. Then there's Boyan Bogdanovich there too, right? He's owed a good bit of money. He, but he's been he's a scorer. If you need more instant offense, he's kind of the guy that gives it to you, averaging over 17 points per game last season. He's owed 18.7 million dollars next year, 19.5 the season after that. He makes a lot of sense to kind of fit into this as well if they want to get off of that money. And now that their tax bill starting to balloon because of the big Donovan Mitchell exception. He averaged, where did it go? 17 points per game last season. He shot 39% from three. He gave you a little bit of rebounding, but he's instant offense. He can get downhill too. He can get to the free throw line. That's big. Year before, he averaged 20.2 points per game on 41.4% shooting. He got to the line almost four and a half times per game. Those numbers are really good. I'd love him on this team. I think he makes a lot of sense. And those are the two guys that I'm looking to try and poach from a team that probably doesn't want to pay them. It kind of fits what we are looking at the Pelicans, kind of like the low-hanging fruit for them to go and get. But there's a couple of like stretch goals, guys that are maybe reaches that you might need to do a sign-and-trade with Josh Hart to bring them in, along with maybe a pick or two. Just kind of depends. The first one could be C.J. McCollum. They, you know, at $30 million, he's kind of outside of that range, so it would need to be a sign-and-trade with Josh Hart. But maybe they need to really shake things up in Portland. Certainly they need to. Maybe they want to get a little bit more defensive-minded, have a little bit more toughness, and they add in a guy like Josh Hart, sending C.J. McCollum back to New Orleans in a sign-and-trade like that. I think that would be a pretty easy deal to pull off in terms of cap. Uh, flexibility. There's Davis Bertans over in Washington, who's a big that could space the court, would be a useful guy to try and add, even though maybe they're looking to kind of retool and build around Bradley Beal and show him, hey, 
No more Westbrook. We can go out and win. And they're doing a pretty decent job of that with them rumored to be linked to Spencer Dinwiddie and him ending up there. There's potentially Malik Beasley who could be on his way out of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Instant offense off the bench. Not much defense there, however. But really the prize, if you're trying to kind of go with some of these stretch names, right? By stretch, I mean their reaches for New Orleans. I don't think these are necessarily realistic. And I already kind of ruled out a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, would be Fred Van Vliet. Who knows what Toronto's necessarily trying to do. They didn't draft Jalen Suggs. They just lost Kyle Lowry. They probably want to keep him. Maybe if you include Josh Hart in there. I don't really know who's going to be their backcourt then, um, other than Hart. But that's a guy that maybe makes some sense. That's kind of making that money, and it just kind of depends on what Toronto does. If you throw them three first-round picks plus Josh Hart, are they going to say yes or no to a deal like that? I'm not really sure. It's a pretty decent question, though. Um, And then the Pelicans use that mid-level exception on some of the guys that are left out there. Does Paul Millsap kind of fit that? Um, Would Avery Bradley or Reggie Jackson or Lowry Markinen? There's a couple of names out there that I think kind of fit in that that are nice pieces, but nothing too exciting. But it's a much better offseason than what it's looking like right now. So that mystery player, if it's one of those guys or maybe a name that I didn't even throw out there and the Pelicans managed to do this. We're going to look at this offseason very, very differently for all the reasons we laid out in the first part of the show. And this is something that could still happen. You can structure your deals in any order. You can agree to them in any order. And then you kind of put them one in the other as you send them into the league to make them work in the salary cap and with the CBA. So there's plenty of time to kind of expand these things. The ink isn't dry on any of them. But it's that Memphis trade that's kind of the key to all of this. And we'll see how it goes. That's what's going to make or break a very important offseason. Because if this doesn't work or they don't have a guy, then what? And that's where things start to get a little bit dicey for New Orleans. And this offseason kind of hopefully taught them a couple of lessons. And we'll get into what that is and why coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. I use this because I like to keep my cars running because you know what? If you try and go to a mechanic, they're not going to be able to see you right now. You need your car. It's how you get to work probably. It's how you see your friends. It's how you go get groceries, things like that. You need it. It's terrible when it's not running. It's kind of like your life stops and you don't want to be taking Ubers and stuff like that right now all the time. It's not a great, great thing. So you need your car running. And if you're going to do the work yourself, save some time and money by going to rockauto.com. Their parts are the reliably lowest for every single customer. It's the only place that I really order parts. And I know those parts are going to fit because their catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. They have everything in stock because they've been doing this online for 20 years, helping do it yourself or save some money. So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the, all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right. Wrapping up today's shows. We talk about this weird off season for the New Orleans Pelicans. What what's really kind of going on there, right? On the surface it all looks bad. Like it looks really bad as a, I think today. Devontae Graham's a nice piece. It's a nice piece. But did you need to give up that first round pick? Would it have been better to match a guy like Lonzo Ball? But there is still that missing piece that kind of puts this all into focus, makes us understand everything that's kind of going on. We just talked about it over the last two segments. But what if there's kind of a worst case scenario? And nothing comes to fruition from New Orleans. It feels like we probably would have heard who that player is by now if there was one kind of already set. So maybe they're working the phones trying to find a deal. Maybe they had someone and things changed and things went 
wrong. Someone called an audible somewhere. Maybe they're scrambling right now, which means maybe they don't fill that mystery player X spot. So then what? So a couple of things. First and foremost, this offseason looks pretty bad. And you've got to wonder how they're going to kind of look at Zion and be like, hey, hey buddy, thing, things are good. Look at this shiny new player in Devontae Graham. Again, nice piece. I don't know if he's that much of a game changer necessarily for New Orleans. Um, but he's going to look, he's going to succeed. He'll do well. And I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that he can really take a step up and be worthy of the price they paid um, to get him. And his contract that they signed him to is a very good deal and very good value for New Orleans. So first and foremost, you know, look, this offseason wasn't a disaster as it is right now. It wasn't what anyone was hoping for, right? Where you really remake the team and go, whoa, maybe they're a top four seed or maybe they're the four seed, I should say, in the Western Conference. Right now, they're still kind of playing tournament-esque. You know, you upgraded center to Valanciunas from Steven Adams. How much of an upgrade? Not quite sure, but it's an upgrade, right? You shipped out Eric Bledsoe, which is addition by subtraction. Maybe guys like Kyra and Nikhil Alexander-Walker take a leap. Maybe Brandon Ingram commits on the defensive side of the ball. But even if kind of all things go well the way we're looking at it right now, it's an upgrade over last year. I just don't think it's a very significant upgrade unless you see some big internal growth. And honestly, I'm a little bit skeptical if you'll see that out of some of these guys, particularly in defense, which is where you need to see that from them. So that stuff makes me a little bit nervous, to be perfectly honest. So, cool, whatever. You, you know, you kind of spin the wheels for another year, and then you go into the 2022 offseason with a ton of salary cap space. And by then, you after the draft, you'd be able to trade that 2023 pick again. You can't do that now. We went over that yesterday because you traded away the 2022 pick. You can't owe consecutive draft picks, essentially, or not have a draft pick in a draft. And the Pelicans don't have any, especially after trading that Lakers pick away, too. So they can't really upgrade the team in the middle of the season using that 2023 pick. So this is kind of the team that you're going to see unless they move future picks and things like that down the line. But that then gets a little bit dicey and limits other moves that you can make, too. So... Largely, you'd see the kind of this team roll through the season. The chips fall where they may, whatever. Maybe they probably, you know, maybe they get into the play and get get swept in the first round. That's about it. It's nice, but not too exciting. And the expectations are going to be higher than that, no matter what. But you go into 2022 with max cap space, max cap space. You can spend it however you wanted. I don't think that matters. We just saw this past off season, the free ag- the big rush of free agency. While there's some intriguing names out there, kinda. Nothing that New Orleans would be able to get, and all the big names are gone. None of the big names wanted to come to New Orleans in the first place. Kyle Lowry didn't happen. Chris Paul didn't happen. Mike Conley didn't happen. Any of the big names out there didn't happen for New Orleans. They got what might have been the 15th best player in free agency in Devontae Graham. Maybe. Kind of depends. None of the big names come into New Orleans. Going into the 2022 offseason with cap space, it doesn't matter if you can't get players. And I wonder if New Orleans would be able to get players in free agency, meaning they need to try and upgrade this team through trades or the draft. But I don't really think that's going to be a big thing. So I think if their plan is to play for the long game in 2022 to have max cap space, that's a a mistake. We just learned Norm Powell didn't want to come to New Orleans. Not that they necessarily offered him, but you guys get what I'm saying. No one ended up here. That's not a great position to be in. That doesn't make me feel optimistic that they could go into the 2022 offseason, cap space to spend, and be like, come on down to the Big Easy. Because they're just going to say no. Because that's what just kind of happened. That's not a great situation to be in. I think cap space in New Orleans isn't the move. 
That's why I like them operating as an over-the-cap team and trying to kind of improve in the way that they are improving. And that's what they should be doing. But by trading away that 2022 pick, uh, New Orleans draft pick to the Charlotte Hornets for Devontae Graham, it limits your ability to upgrade through trades because you just lost an asset because you can't owe consecutive picks, things like that. It creates some problems and it makes it harder to do it. So we're going to find out because there's a lot riding on that potential mystery player to make sure that this offseason is a success, but also make sure that next offseason isn't not a success, isn't a disaster, which you could be looking at two bad offseasons in a row if you strike out in this one. That makes me a little bit nervous, but we're not at Friday. The deadline might not even be on Friday. It might go beyond that too. Potentially just depends on when these teams are like, we need to get these deals done. So there's time. No need to panic just yet. You should have some mild concern, certainly, but enjoy Devontae Graham. Be happy about that. I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic about that one recently. So there's time for this offseason to kind of turn around for New Orleans, but it's going to depend on that mystery player and if they can pull something off. And if they do, you know where, where, where we're going to be talking about it right here on Locked on Pelicans. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. The the reaction to YouTube and how much everyone loves it has been awesome. So I appreciate everyone. Please leave a five-star review with a comment. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Maybe, maybe we'll be back tomorrow with big news.